Hello Coven, I'm your host Rachel Pond and this is Practical Magic. In this week's episode, I will be sharing stories of the supernatural and situations that I have personally experienced. Before we start though, I want to make sure to thank you for joining me in this week's episode, whether you're brand new or you've been around for a while. Um, Sometimes I feel like I forget to thank you at the end of the episodes. And um, after I post it, uh, I'm like, did I thank them? And then it's too late. So I want to make sure I get it right off the bat because it really means the world to me that we get to share this time together every week or (laughs) every week that I am up to recording. I know lately I've missed a couple weeks, but I'm trying to improve on that. With all that being said, let's jump straight into it. So the first story I want to share with you was when I was about 10 years old. I might have been a little younger, but I remember being 10. And um, I was at the dinner table, and I didn't feel well. I didn't think I was sick, but I just didn't feel 100%. And usually as a child, when I felt this way, and I had like an aura of like um, of a seizure coming on, it, the way I describe it is like, if you've ever seen like the original like animated uh, Charlotte's Web, and you know the scene where the rat's at the fair and he's singing his song and he's standing right in the middle of the <clears throat> the fair and it's like he's standing still but everything's spinning super, super fast around him. Well, that was the feeling I was having. And that's typically what happens to me uh, right before a seizure. So I go to um, sit down. I tell my family I'm going to go and practice on my guitar because I didn't want to tell them, you know. Um, I don't know. I just felt insecure, not sure. So I'm sitting there practicing on my guitar, and all of a sudden I just fall, just keel over from the chair. And I go into having a grand mal seizure. Um, I guess at some point during the seizure, I wake up, which typically does not happen. Um, usually I just black out and I don't open my eyes until the seizure is over and I've taken like a super long nap but this time I opened my eyes and I saw that uh, my family was around me and there was pillows all around me and then I like blacked out again and then the second time when I blacked out there was this tunnel this white light and I wanted to go towards the light and it was it was literally like a bridge it's the only way I could describe it uh, so it's like a shining, beaking white light, but the entry was like arched, like a like a tunnel. And in this arch was a figure. I couldn't see them, but I definitely saw the outlining of a person. And so I was coming towards the light, and um, I was I was you know I felt neutral about it, like I could have come back or I could have kept going towards the light. And this figure that was standing there in the archway of the light said, you have to go back. It's not your time. You haven't achieved what you were sent to do. And 
I was like, then why am I here? Like, why would I come this far if I'm not supposed to continue through the light? And the, the figure, uh, the form just kept saying, you have to go back. And so finally, I just said, okay. And then I remember opening my eyes and waking up from the seizure. And that has always stuck with me. And I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think that that is part of the reason why I have some of the depression that I have. Because at such a young age, I felt like, okay, I've got to find my purpose. I've got to find the reason why I'm here. I could have died, but for whatever reason, that figure told me I had to come back. And... Recently, I was talking about this with my therapist. Not that particular story, but just in general, that a lot of my depression has to do with the fact that I feel this pressure. I said to her, if I died today, and of course I said that, and her eyes get super big and starts getting worried, but I said to her, if I died today, it's not like I'm going to be going down in the history books and people are going to remember me for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's not like I'm Picasso or, or you know, some super well-known person and of course she's like you know this is somewhat common people go through these you know these feelings and whatnot and she's like pretty that she thought that like the meaning of life the purpose is just to be a good person and do what you can to make the world a better place and I, I got it she was just trying to make me feel good you know a diplomatic sort of answer Um, but, um, of course I have other things that contribute to my depression, but, um, I really think that that's a lot of it. And so I've been doing a lot of, you know, like self-work and, um, um, just trying to do like inward work to figure out what exactly that, what it is, the meaning of life is for me. Um, the first week in November, uh, the episode is going to be about, um, magic for mental health. Um, so, uh, cause I know I, I'm sure I'm not the only one if you're somebody that goes through seasonal depression or if it's just that the holidays are a super rough time for you, uh, that episode will hopefully be beneficial for you in some way. Um, so, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself already talking about November. We haven't even cracked October, and I have some really nice episodes coming up for October. But let's continue. I'm sorry. I digress. Um, so the next story I'm going to share with you is um, when I was about 15 years old. My family had just moved to Georgia. Um A good chunk of my family still lives in Georgia, but I obviously am no longer there. But, um, so, uh, we bought a home, and, um, right from the get-go, my mom started seeing shapes and, and, and figures, and a couple times, I remember in the morning, she'd say, have any of you seen the girl in the house? And we're like, what do you mean, the girl? And she said that she had seen this girl in, like, a gown, like, you know, like, old-fashioned pajama gown, 
that uh, people would wear to bed. And she's like, she has long hair and braids. And we're like, no. <laughs> um, you're like, you know, you're just whatever. You're going crazy. You know, we were kids. We were like, didn't take it seriously. But one night, I uh, got up to go get go to the kitchen, get some water. And right before I walked through the uh, entry door to be like walk from the living room to the kitchen, there was this girl just floating in the entryway. And she was just the way my mom described her. Like, I'd say she was probably no more than 10 years old, maybe a little younger. She had long hair, like, to her ribs, and they were braids. And uh, she was wearing the gown. And I was just like, I wasn't scared. It's hard to, well, maybe not, but like, it wasn't like I was scared and thought like I was in danger, but I definitely knew it wasn't quote unquote normal. So the next morning I told my mom and, you know, she was surprised because we had all said that we hadn't seen the girl, but like we were kids, you know, you send us to bed, we stay in bed. So it's not like we're up, you know, late at night like she was, um, But I did notice once my parents got divorced and my mom left the house, the girl was no longer around. So this leads me to think a couple things. Either this was somebody that prior to us living, lived on that land, um, And we were told when we bought the home that um, the people that bought that land and built the home, they were told that it was, that land was um, a battlefield back when the Civil, Civil War was happening, the South against the North, all of that. And um, that people had died on that land, which uh, no matter where you live nowadays, somewhere in history, people have died on the land that you are living on. So that wasn't so shocking. But what got, what what stood out was that we were seeing, or my mom and I, as far as I know, we were the only two that saw this girl. Um... But the fact that the girl, at least for me, stopped showing up, like I said, I don't know if my siblings had seen it. They definitely have not mentioned anything to me about it. But the fact that I stopped seeing her after my mom moved out and my parents got divorced also has led me to think maybe that girl was an extension of my mother. Maybe it was like like her... I know this might sound weird, but maybe like her inner child like coming and like checking in on her or or like supervising her because she knew like her inner child knew that she was in a toxic unhealthy marriage even though in her own way she although I'm not going to judge my mother um you know there's a lot of things I can judge my mom about but a lot of her reactions were to lash back at my dad and um, all of that. So I have thought different things about the girl in that house. 
that it could just be like a part of my mom um, overtaking the home. Um, and when my mom left and the girl stopped making appearances, that's why I thought that. But it's also very plausible, like I said, that it could have been a spirit of somebody that was living on that land and then died during the Civil War. Um, let's see here. So, moving on, when I was 20, 21, I finally moved out of my parents' home and I moved to Miami. I was in Miami for like six months, almost seven months. And um, so I was living with a roommate. And one night, she and I were up just talking about our days. And um, it wasn't super late or anything. I'd say it was probably around 9 o'clock. We had put her two kids to bed. um, And we were sitting at the dining room table. And all of a sudden, I just felt this pull to look towards the living room, which the dining room was, like, attached. It was, like, a big open floor plan. But I looked over to where, like, the couch and the TV were. And this man was just floating midair. And uh, his head was down, like, towards his chest. And, like, he was being hung. And I said to her, I said, do you see him? And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, the guy floating there. And she's like, no. (laughs) But she was really good. My roommate at the time was really good. She didn't judge me or anything. She's like, you know, she asked me what I was seeing and what it looked like. And she said, is he... And I said, before she could say anything else, I said, don't worry. He's not here to cause harm he's just here to say, you know, this is his home too. This is, he was here and he's just reminding us, I mean, like, hey, this is my place too. Um, so he was like wearing, um, like pants that were like frayed at the bottom. He, he kind of gave off the vibes of like, like a pirate or, or, um, somebody, from that time, like, he had, like, a billowy shirt and the sleeves, um, you know, go around, went around the waist, so the rest of the sleeve was very flowy, um, and then the pants were, like, cut, um, above the ankle, and they were, like, very frayed, um, so I got the feeling, like, he used to be on the sea a lot, um, you know, back in the old days, you know, when, I don't want to give a time period, but, you know, back in the days where we had pirates. Um, and, yeah, I don't know why he showed up in such a uneasy way. Um, like I said, it didn't scare me. It just startled me. It's, it's interesting. When I have these sorts of experiences... Um, I don't typically get scared. I did have one, and I will share that story in a minute. Um, But that's the only one time where I legitimately got scared. Um, And it's not like he stuck around for long. He, like, appeared. I'd say it was probably, like, 
60 seconds. It was like it was like a minute that he was just there, which I guess is long for an experience like that. But he was just like popping in and being like, you know, this is my home. You know, <clears throat> I was here before you sort of thing. And I also took it as um, uh, he was showing up to like protect me because at that time my roommate her mother lived with us and she did not like me at all uh her main issue with me was because they were they are jewish and i'm not and she would call me the gentile and she just had an issue with me because of that and that was a big reason or the reason why I ended up leaving because it was a very toxic living situation. I didn't physically get hurt or anything, but her mother made it clear that she did not want me around. So I felt like he was also there to like be like checking in on me, making sure I'm okay. Um, let's see, the next situation, next story I have is uh, once I moved here to Connecticut after living in Miami, um... It was actually shortly after um, I moved to where I am right now, the apartment I'm in right now. And when I say shortly after, I mean maybe three years after. So I had been here a good chunk of time, but I've been where I am for 12 years. So at that time, it, you know, from con- compared to how long I've been here, that was pretty recent after moving in. I was walking to the grocery store and... I noticed every time I took this particular walk, I always got this feeling as I was approaching the store, I always felt like somebody was, or something was behind me. And one day I was walking to the store and I got this feeling and I looked around and just in the nick of time, I turned around and this super slender, tall figure, I don't want to say a person because no one is that like, I guess the best way I could describe it is, like, Slenderman. Like, if you've ever seen a picture of that, he's a super... But not quite that tall, but definitely very slender and lengthy, like Slenderman. And, um... He was dressed in all black. Um... But the skin was gray. And, um... It wasn't like he had, like, an alien-shaped head. It was, like, a a normal human head. Um, But, like, no eyebrows, no hair. Um, And, like, for a split second, I'm like, did I just see an alien? (laughs) Um, Obviously, wasn't abducted or anything. But it was, like, as soon as I saw it, it disappeared. So it happened so incredibly fast, I, I questioned myself. I'm like, did I really see that? Um, but I found it very interesting that, uh, I always had the feeling like somebody was behind me, and that one time I managed to see something, and, um, which kind of gets me thinking, whatever it was, maybe it was following me, maybe it's, it's like a guardian angel, or, um, you know, a, 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 a spirit that's, like, watches over me, um, but I haven't experienced that since then. And there's been several times that I have, uh, excuse me, uh, walked to the store since then. Usually, um, you know, I take the bus or something. 
but there's a few times where I have walked, um, and I haven't had that experience since then. Um, um, oh, okay. So then the next story is, um, so I was coming back into town. I had gone to Miami to visit with, at that time, at, at this, at that time of the story, the story, uh, went to visit my former roommate, the girl I was telling you about with the experience, um, with the man hanging midair. Um, so I just went to visit her because she and I, after I left, we, we left on good terms. And, um, so I was coming back home from Miami and, um, one of my friends at the time, she reached out to me and she was saying how she met this guy, um, you know, she was out and I think she was like in an, at an orchard or something. She was picking fruit. She ran into this guy and my friend in this story, she was dating somebody, but she got talking to this guy and she was she pretty much pitched to him that when I got back in town, the four of us, my friend, her boyfriend, and this guy should all get together so he and I could meet. And if we hit it off, we should start dating. So my friend told me about this guy and we did we worked out a time where we all met up at my apartment at the time I was living in a different place and the four of us we had a great night um we made dinner together we played board games we just sat and talked and by all means it was a wonderful night had a great time I actually think very fondly on that evening um although the smoke detector did go off (laughs) We did so much cooking that the apartment got quite smoky. But um, besides that, it was a great experience. And we all said goodnight. Um, And where it started getting a little weird was when this guy uh, was leaving. You know, he had brought, you know, different pots and pans and spoons and stuff because I had just moved in. So I didn't have a whole lot to cook in. So he brought a lot of things from his place. And he's like, oh, I'll come back and I'll pick that stuff up. Don't worry. Um, And it was weird because, um, you know, everything was clean. It wasn't like, you know, everything was put in his bags. He could have just taken the bag and just headed off home. He's like, oh, I'll come back eventually. You know, I'll come back in a couple days and I'll get that stuff. Well, you know, I, I, in the moment, I didn't think much of it. You know, I was just so wrapped up in the evening having so much fun. But that night I went to bed. And again, another situation where I woke up in the middle of the night to get a drink, so I went into the kitchen, and as I walked through the living room to the kitchen, in the fetal position in the corner was this body covered, covered in blood. And this is the one and only, knock on wood somewhere, that this is the only time that I will have a a vision like this. Um where there's blood and gore because that's what scared me like it looked so realistic and it wasn't like the shadow or the outlining of a person it was a legit person uh it was a man and um so I texted my friend and I told her what happened and she's like you have to tell him to come and get his stuff like ASAP something came in with him some sort of negative entity energy something that happened in his life is now in your home so I did 
I had just met the guy, so I didn't want to come across as rude. I wanted to be respectful, so I waited for the morning. It was early in the morning. I'd say it was probably about 7 when I sent the message. Um, and I said, you have to come and pick up your stuff. I don't want it, don't need it. I didn't tell him about the situation, but, um, so he did that evening. He came and I met him outside. He did not come up to my apartment. Um, I handed him his stuff and he tried to persuade me to let him come back upstairs so we could have private time, you know? And I said, you know, I've got things going on. I don't have time, but I wanted to make sure you got your stuff back. Like I was just super polite, but stern. And, um, shortly, you know, we said goodbye and all of that. And he kept calling me and harassing me, saying how he wanted to spend time with me. He was very freaky. Obviously, if I got this impression right off the bat, uh, he probably wouldn't have done that because then he wouldn't have been able, you know, to do anything with me, scaring me off right off the bat. But, um... So, um, I ran back into that guy, uh, shortly after moving where I am now. I forget how I ran into him, um, but, um, he never came into this apartment. Um, he did once. He showed up, not, not come up to my apartment, but he showed up outside my place. And, um, I, I said, you know, you're not welcome here, you need to go, and I haven't heard or seen anything of him, and that's, I'd say that was probably 11 years ago that happened, so I think I'm in the clear, (laughs) but my theory, back to the the body with all the blood that I saw, uh, my theory is, and of course I have no proof, I'm just going off my intuition, my gut, that either, because the body was in the fetal position it was like it was run over or something so maybe it was like a hit and run um uh like a brandy situation if any of you guys out there (laughs) remember the singer brandy um she you know was speeding and she just hit a pedestrian and just kept going she didn't stop um that's the feeling i got but um and um I was going to say, because of how graphic it was and all the blood, I also thought maybe he could have physically killed someone. Like, it it was was so graphic, and it just... Of course, I've never seen, and I don't want to ever see somebody hit by a car. But I'm assuming that if you run somebody over, there's going to be a lot of blood, too. Um, So that's my gut feelings. It's one or the other. But... Regardless, um, the man did not have a good vibe about him. And I count my lucky stars every day that um, I didn't get caught up in in whatever game he was playing. Um, Let's see. Uh, The next story I have is... um, a woman that I saw in the cemetery here that I uh, talked about in my most recent last week's episode. Um, so I, I don't believe I mentioned this woman, but I did mention the cemetery where my grandfather is buried with his family. So 
one day I went to the um, cemetery uh, to do some meditation in front of my grandfather's family tombstone. This was before he passed away. Um, and uh, I will, I will, I have a whole story attached to the med. Actually, let me just jump into that first uh, because the meditation happened first. So I went to the cemetery and I sat in front of my grandfather's family tombstone where he is now buried with them. Um, so it's like this huge, it's not like the oval art shaped stone. It's like this, it's like a, the top of a church steeple kind of stone. And on each side has, you know, family members in his family who have passed and that are buried there. So I sat in front of it and I did like a meditation and I, this is like the one and only time that I was able to do like a meditation, like sitting there, you know, straight back sitting crisscross applesauce as I say you know and um I kind of just zoned out and I saw my grandfather's uh grandmother who raised him his his grandparents were very prominent in his upbringing he lived with his three sisters his grandparents and his mother his father abandoned them and moved on and remarried and had my biological grandfather. So my step-grandfather and my biological grandfather, who I don't really talk about that much because um, I didn't really know him that well. But anyway, so they're half-brothers. So, sorry, I digress. Um, So I'm sitting there meditating, and my step-grandfather, I call him my grandfather because he was more of a grandfather than anything, but correctly, he was my step-grandfather. His grandmother steps forward. And when I say step forward, it's like... It was like... You ever seen, like, shows or whatever, and it's like clouds move apart, and then a, a figure, a shape, a scene comes through? It was like that, but there wasn't any clouds. It was like the space just opened up. And I saw this woman in a dress, like those old-timey, like, 1800s or 1900s, like, style with the tiny puff sleeve and then the the long-sleeve dress and, like, dressed straight to the ground and then, like, an apron and hair and a very tight bun. And she's standing in front of a uh, gaslit stove. So, like, there's, like, the little stove top and then like the the fireplace and then she's off to the side of it there's like a little area where she can just stand kind of like a counter space and she's got she's holding a bowl and I'm just looking at the back of her but I could tell by her hand motion she's holding something like a bowl and she's like making this stirring motion and then all of a sudden she just turned around and this huge smile just like covers her face like like she was just so happy to see me and I had this feeling that she was like saying we've been waiting for you we're so excited to see you and just as I got that reading uh she disappeared and then um this guy standing in a or sitting like on a stool in a barn and he was like whittling something and again his head is down and he looks up and this just this huge smile and again it's just like we've been waiting for you we're excited to see you and um i had never had a, a situation like that happen before so it was startling and so i got up 
and I probably, in total, was sitting there meditating for like 30 minutes, maybe a little bit more. So I got up and I was just like overwhelmed with all this emotion. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Mind you, at this time, I had not seen any photos whatsoever of them. So I go home and at this time, I I was living with my grandparents. At this time of this experience happening, I was living with my grandparents. So I, you know, went to their house where I was living at the time and my grandmother was home. So because she knew I was going to go to the cemetery. She didn't know I was meditating, but she knew I was going to go to the cemetery. And I explained the whole situation. And so she went through the family albums. And she's like, is this what you saw? And she pointed to this woman. To a T. Looked exactly like the woman I saw. And she that's when she, I saw the first photo of her. And she's like, that's your grandfather's, your step-grandfather's grandmother and then I described the man and she showed me a photo and I was like that's the guy I saw and then she told me that's his grandfather um like I said to this day um I haven't had that sort of experience with a family member that I've never met before um so that just um that meant the world to me. Like I felt so important that they, that they saw me as worthy of seeing them, even though I've never physically met them. Um, so going back to being at the cemetery, as I was getting up from that meditation and having those visions, I was going to just walk around the cemetery in general, cause it's a beautiful cemetery. Um, up front is the um, the oldest gravestones. So there's some from like the 1600s um, all the way through. Um, and there's this one in particular. And it's a rectangle and it's above ground. So it's not like a tomb. You don't walk into it. It's a literal rectangle and it's a, laying on the ground. Um... And it's like stone or marble. I think it's stone. Um, and it's super old. I don't know what year it's from. It's so old that the uh, the year and description of the person. Uh, you know how like on Tombstone they put like a little blurb in memory of the person. Um, it's all erased. It's that old. But my point of bringing this up is as I was getting up and getting ready to walk around the cemetery... I saw this woman in all black, black dress, black veil, her hair was not, it was upped at some extent, somehow up because it was not around her face um, or around the veil, I should say. There was a veil covering her face and I didn't see any hair or anything flowing, so I'm assuming her hair was up. Um, And I just got this overwhelming feeling like I was not welcome anymore in the cemetery. And I ran. I had never run so fast out of a cemetery in my life. Um, And of course, I did not mention that experience to my grandmother. Um, I didn't know how she would take that. Um, Let's see. Um, let's see here. 
So the next and final story is um, an experience that I had while sleeping. This was uh, shortly, very shortly after moving in here. I'd probably, where I am right at this moment living, I'd probably had only been living here no more than six months. And um, I didn't have a bed yet. I had just moved in here. I actually placed an order for a bed. So I was sleeping on the couch. And um, that night... I went to bed, actually, I remember that day, I went to bed super early, and um, so I was just super exhausted that day, so I went to bed early, and um, that morning I go to wake up, and I could not move, I was like paralyzed, um, and there was this dark figure at the end of the couch, um, like standing at the end of the couch at the armrest um and it was just dark I couldn't make out a figure a shape it just this dark entity was standing there and I tried to move and I couldn't and all of a sudden this overwhelming um feeling was like how about you try or how about you learn I think that was the word how about you learn about Judaism And I ran with that for at least two years. I was doing research. I was starting to go to temple, to shul on Saturdays. Um, And I was was gung-ho on converting to Judaism. Um, And I really uh, believe that that was the beginning of me truly trying to find my journey in spirituality of course as we all know here and now I'm a witch I'm not going to convert to Judaism but it was a wonderful experience and it really opened my eyes because at that point I was terrified I knew I did not believe in Christianity in God um and I still was petrified by the idea that I could go to hell and burn for all eternity um I think that if I had a better experience uh, with uh, experiencing the religion, I think I probably would have converted to Judaism. Um, but, uh, you know, the, they test you like three times to make sure you're, you're um, serious about the conversion. And... Um, you know, and I actually ran into some very mean rabbis. Um, I understand that they have to test you, but they don't need to be that mean. So that deterred me. And then I got sick. Um, and so I stopped going. And, uh, you know, and then I started my pra- my journey with, learn- uh, with uh, spirituality. Um... And so, I don't know exactly what that dark entity was, but um, I have heard that angels generally show up in, like, spooky kind of ways. Like, the beautiful, um, quote-unquote, angels are actually the demons because they're trying to trick you into following them, but then the actual... Uh, good angels are, uh, you know, 
scary and the Bible like flipped it around. Um, so maybe it was like a spirit, a spirit guide, you know, trying to nudge me towards, uh, exploring spirituality in general and knew since I had already experienced a little bit of the religion from living in Miami and my former roommate that would be some, I would feel somewhat comfortable and safe where Christianity was very, or still is very intimidating for me. And, uh, I, I hold quite a grudge towards that, uh, religion. So, um, yeah, with all that being said, um, I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode and I want to thank you so much, uh, for joining me and you can follow me over on Instagram and TikTok. I'm more active on TikTok. I do more things on TikTok. I don't have the ability to go live yet. I don't have enough followers, but I do other, you know, videos besides just spirituality where on TikTok, um... I do memes, quotes, and I post any spiritual videos that I do on TikTok over to Instagram. So I'm more active over on TikTok. So if you want to follow me, you can find me there at uh, uh, Practical Magic Pod. And that's the same for Instagram. It's Practical Magic Pod. And um, I will be back next week with a brand new episode discussing death magic, um, which I am super excited about. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I hope you all have a magical week. Bye, Coven.